Hallelujah. Let's give him praise one more time in this house. Lord, we thank you. God, we don't want to move past what you're doing tonight. God, we want to receive everything you have for us tonight, Lord. In the name of Jesus. I want to turn your attention, if you have your Bibles, to the book of Exodus, chapter 8, and verse 25. Amen. I came early today to church, as I always do, and prayed and sought the Lord for a word from the Lord, direction. And I feel the Lord has given me a word for the service tonight. Exodus chapter 8 and verse number 25. It says, And Pharaoh called for Moses and for Aaron and said, Go ye, sacrifice to your God in the land. And Moses said, It is not meet so to do, for we shall sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. Lo, shall we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes, and will they not stone us? We will go three days' journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he shall command us. And Pharaoh said, I will let you go that ye may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only... Ye shall not go very far away. Entreat for me. Skipping over to chapter number 10. Verse number 8. The same book of the Bible. Chapter 10 verse number 8. And Moses and Aaron were brought again unto Pharaoh. And he said unto them. Go serve the Lord your God. But who are they that shall go? And Moses said, we will go with our young and with our old, with our sons and with our daughters, with our flocks and with our herds, we will go. For we must hold a feast unto the Lord. And he said unto them, let the Lord be so with you, as I will let you go and your little ones look to it, for evil is before you. Not so. Go Now ye that are men and serve the Lord. Pharaoh is trying to bargain over and over again with Moses. He says, go now ye that are men. He didn't say the children or the women or anybody else, just the men. And serve the Lord for that ye did desire. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. One more passage of scripture in the same chapter, skipping down to verse number 24. And Pharaoh called unto Moses. Here we are a third time. And he says, go ye, serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. Let your little ones also go with you. He's compromising and he's bargaining again with Moses and the people of God. And Moses said, Thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings, that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Our cattle also shall go with us. There shall not an hoof be left behind, for thereof must we take to serve the Lord our God. And we know 
not with what we must serve the Lord until we come hither. Amen. I want to preach tonight on this title, Compromising with Pharaoh. Compromising with Pharaoh. Would you lift up your hands one more time? Close your eyes and lift up your voice and ask the Lord to speak to you tonight and to our church. God, we come before you. Our hearts are open. Our spirits are prepared tonight. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to us, God, that clarion call, a clear and certain sound from the pulpit tonight, Lord. Let that word go forth as a double-edged sword and let it take root, let it find place in our hearts. Help us to receive your word tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. In the Bible, Egypt is symbolic of the world. Egypt, that word Egypt or that place, that location on the map named Egypt is uh, throughout scriptures used to symbolize the world or the things of, uh, of temporary concern, if you will. The, the, Egypt is symbolic of the world. And throughout scriptures, uh, the ruler of Egypt, whose name was, or his title, his role was Pharaoh. Pharaoh was a type of Satan. Amen. And I'm going to take a little bit of time tonight to help you to understand where we're coming from and perhaps set a foundation. But Egypt and all that it entails and all of the characteristics of Egypt is a type of the world. And Pharaoh is a type of that taskmaster of sin that is named Satan. Amen. Sin was a harsh taskmaster for the people of God. As long as the people of God lived in Egypt, they were in complete bondage. Amen. Pharaoh may have promised them their freedom. Pharaoh may have made promises and tried to compromise and to bargain with the people of God. But each and every time that Pharaoh opened his mouth, he was lying. He was trying to deceive the people of God. And perhaps it was Moses who knew best about the tactics of the mighty Pharaoh of Egypt. Because every time that Pharaoh began to uh, uh, try to bargain with Moses, Moses knew that he actually had the upper hand. And in fact, it was not Pharaoh that had the upper hand. I'm here to tell you tonight that the greatest power in all the world is the name of Jesus, the Spirit of God. Amen. The Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. When you got the Holy Ghost, you got power to overcome all of the forces of this world. And that Spirit of God was working on behalf of the people of God. Amen. The bondage uh, that was entailed by the Hebrew people in serving Pharaoh, they were tasked, amen, with, they had really what it was, was slave labor. Amen. They made bricks in that hot Middle Eastern sun. Amen. They worked from sunup to sundown. They had bigger means. Amen. Pharaoh uh, would let them know that you can count on this poor man's food three times a day. But it's not going to be much of a life. Amen. But I'm here to tell you tonight that the young people that grew up 
in that type of environment if it hadn't been for somebody that told them about a promised land they might have thought that this life is just a miserable and harsh life and there's not much promise there's not much to this life life is hard life is miserable but I'm here to tell you tonight maybe as an older generation in the land of Egypt that there is a better way there is a promised land there is a place of promise that God wants you and I to live in there is a place of authority and power with God that he wants you and I to live in don't get too comfortable thinking that uh, uh, this is just how life is going to be from now till the Lord comes. Amen. But I want to remind you tonight, there's more to life than what you're living and the way that you're, the things you're experiencing right now. There's more to life. Egypt is filled with every type of sin. And Egypt represents a godless society or a society rather that is devoid of the true and living God. Amen. In Egypt, they had their gods. In Egypt, they had so many gods. I think they forgot how to count how high. Amen. Because they had a God for the frogs. For fertility, they had a God for the sun. They had a God for uh, for uh, the God. The, the cow was holy. The livestock, they worshipped. Amen. The, the the Nile River, they worshipped everything that they could imagine or think of. They had their gods, but it wasn't the one true God. And I'm here to tell you tonight, we're living in a world that has their gods. They may say they're agnostic. They may say they're atheist. But they believe in a God. They either believe they're a God or they believe in a higher power. But they're not willing to subscribe to the fact that God is God and Jesus is His name. Then there's others that say, well, I believe there's a God. But I'm also believing that there's another God in this world. And while I'm here on this planet, I'll worship the gods of this world in tandem with the Lord. And God wants to bring revelation and understanding to you and I tonight. Amen. Because He said, Amen. I am a jealous God. And I want all of your heart. I want all of your soul. I want all of your might. Hallelujah. I think it was Moses that said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord is God, serve Him. Hallelujah. It's time to make up your mind. Egypt promises so much, but delivers so little. The world in which you and I live today promises you pleasure, thrills, excitement, freedom. It promises you all of these things. It promises you instant gratification and satisfaction. It promises you all of the things that it can promise. But everything that it promises is temporary. Everything that the world promises is temporary. Everything that Egypt promised the Hebrew people, it was temporary. If they snitched on their fellow Hebrew, they could be elevated. But Egypt was temporary. Amen. No matter what course of action they took to please the gods of Egypt, it was temporary. 
And you might be here tonight or listening online and think, well, I'm going to just go ahead and serve myself and do what pleases me. I don't have to have a preacher tell me what to do. I don't have to have the preacher, amen, slapping his leather Bible and telling me, thus saith the word of God. I think I can make up my mind for myself. And they make themselves gods instead of saying, God, you have set this thing in order. You know best. You know what's best for my life. Too many people in the day in which we live think that they, amen, can chart their own spiritual course outside of the direction of a shepherd or a pastor over their lives. And they think, well, he he doesn't know any better than I do. He's a young 38-year-old man. Amen. But uh, let me tell you tonight, not in bragging, not in boasting, I am a God-appointed man of God. God put me here. God called me to pastor. God said, dig out a church. Amen. Carve out a work. Amen. On the back of your mom and dad. See this go to the higher heights and greater depths in the Holy Ghost. I didn't one day decide to get up and just start pastoring. Amen. God put me in this position. So then God, if you're here tonight or you are watching online, you say I'm a part of the Abundant Life Center of Lathrop. You've got to, honey, you've got to let me pastor you. You've got to let me speak into your life. Or you are a rebel. Hear me tonight. God has appointed pastors, evangelists, amen, teachers, amen, prophets. Hallelujah. He's appointed the fivefold ministry for your blessing and for your benefit. Now, I will promise you never to abuse, amen, the authority that God has placed upon my life. But I want to follow what God has spoken to me tonight. Pharaoh promises you freedom, but he keeps you in bondage. Pharaoh promises you the world. He says you can do this and you can do that. And you'll experience freedom and gratification. But at the end of the day, you need to get back to the mud pit, you Hebrew. And build me another block that's going to go in my pyramid or in my sphinx. Amen, Hebrew. Enjoy a little bit now. But get back to the grinder. Get back to the mud pit. Get back to that cave or that tunnel. And dig me a vessel. He promises you freedom. But there came a point in time. There came a point in time when God said, and God looked at the affairs of the Hebrew people in the land of Egypt, and God said, it is time for my people to get out of this place of bondage, of servitude to Pharaoh, and it's time for me to elevate them and take them to a land that flows with milk and honey, a place of promise. All because somebody wouldn't stop believing. Wouldn't stop praying. It's been 400 years, Sister Gina. We've been in this mud pit together. It's been 400 years. Amen, Sister Camarita. Amen, we've been working. But somebody's been praying. Somebody's been seeking the face of God. How long was it, amen, when you wandered in sin until the day came and God said, it's time, amen, for uh, Ruby Kathleen to come to my house and to give her heart because I'm fixing to start a new generation of apostolic believers. Hallelujah. God saw you, Sister Dee, when you wept your, your eyes out in that, that little place in 
And then the time came and God said, it's time for you to get out. I'm fixing to deliver you and set you free. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God raised up a Moses, a man of God, to lead his people out of Egyptian bondage, of servitude to sin. God said, I need a man of God. I need a man that will hear my voice and follow my commandment and do all that I tell him to do. And God raised up Moses, a man of God, to be delivered for the Hebrews from Egypt and from the reign of horror by Pharaoh. And on that occasion when Moses stood before the mighty Pharaoh, the, the most powerful nation on the face of the earth, and Moses looked square in the eyes of that mighty Pharaoh, and he said, let my people go. He didn't flinch, Sister Camarina. He said, let my people go. With conviction. It was God's time. There was an appointed season. Amen. For the people of God. Amen. To get out of that slump. To get out of that miry clay. And that pit of sin. And to come out into a promised land. Pharaoh did not hearken. But the Bible says that God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Let Let me hurry tonight. Amen. And the Bible says that one after one, God rained down plagues upon the land of Egypt. It began with turning water to blood. Amen. Uh, because that conquered the, the gods of the Egyptians that they worshipped the Nile River. And that was a god to them. And then God, uh, seeing that Pharaoh's heart would be hardened some more. Amen. Said, I'm going to cause frogs to come throughout the land. Yes, that's right. Frogs, toads. Amen. Whatever you want to call them. Leap frog. Uh, whatever. Uh, toad. Whatever you want to call it. Those big, ugly, green things with warts on them. He caused the frogs to they fill that land of Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. He said, you worship the God of fertility. I'll show you. I'll give you so much of the God of fertility, you're going to hate him. I'll give you so much. Amen. I'll show you that I can I can overcome the mighty Nile River and turn it into blood. I can do it in a moment at the spoken word of the men of God in my in the in the in the ears of the Egyptians. And then God caused uh, from the frogs, God moved to causing lice, amen, to go to go throughout the land. And the lice would cause disruption throughout the land. And then God sent the flies, and I hate flies. I'm a witness. At the risk of losing steam tonight, amen, my wife has been after a particular fly in our house for the last two days. And it's been torturing her. She hates flies. I hate flies. Flies are a nuisance. But it was just one fly, says Aditi. Think about it. My house was filled with flies. God will cause you to realize the gods of this world have no power. When push comes to shove, he's in charge. God moved from the the plague of the flies to causing a pestilence to come upon the livestock. Call it COVID-19, call it SARS, call it whatever you want. But it was a pestilence and it began to kill all of the livestock. And as they worshiped the gods of the animals and they worshiped the animal kingdom in their debased minds. Amen. They began to worship cows and, and oxen and pigs and goats and all of these things. They were gods to the Egyptians and God began to 
smashed them down one by one. And then God said, okay, you think you're special. You think you're the most beautiful people in all the world. I'll give you boils upon your skin. I'll cause you to, to, to realize that you are not God of yourself. Amen. That humanistic philosophy has got to leave. Amen. God overcame. Amen. All the humanistic theologies, the humanistic philosophies of this world. The Egyptians moved from the plague of boils to the plague of hail that would destroy everything. In case anything's not destroyed yet, God I'm going to destroy it. I'm going to let you know you're not in charge. I'm going to let you know you're not in charge. And aren't we seeing that here in 2020 as God has literally shut the world down. Amen. And God has let the world know, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. I'm a sovereign God. And I will shut the world down to let the world know that there is a God in heaven. Amen. Some people see crisis and they wonder how could God allow this. On the contrary, amen, God is getting the world's attention. Amen, God's causing the world to look to Him. Amen, in spite of all the chaos and disorder and disruption in the world, we're all wondering what's going on. And God's saying, I'm in charge. Now I got you asking the right questions. Now I got your attention tonight, honey. In the hail that destroyed, God sent the plague of locusts, the eighth plague. To devour the crops. Just utterly annihilated the land of Egypt. The Egyptians also worshipped the sun god Ra. And God said, I haven't forgot about that God. I'll destroy him too. I'll send a plague of darkness upon the land where you won't be able to see. You'll stumble your way through. And I'll make it visual what is happening in the spiritual because you think you know what you're doing, but you're stumbling in the darkness. And you're, there's a groping in the darkness, stumbling your way through life. And God said, this is, this is really what's happening. It's sinners groping in the darkness. And the last and final plague was the death of the firstborn of Egypt. One commentator said that all of these plagues combined lasted somewhere from four to five months of the year. God got their attention. God got the attention of the uh, Egyptian people. And God also got the attention of his own Hebrew people. God wanted the Hebrews to see that. You know what? When we get ready to leave this land of Egypt, I'm serving a God that has all power and all authority. And all power and authority is in his hand. And with God, all things are possible. God was trying to speak as well to his people and say, I'm in charge. I can do Whatever I please. And here's where I want to get tonight. Forgive me for taking a while to get here. But Pharaoh saw these plagues becoming more and more severe until they were intolerable. And Pharaoh began to realize that he would sooner or later have to loosen his hold upon the Hebrews. Torn between this realization and an unwillingness to lose his hold on some soul and his cheap labor, Pharaoh began to try to bargain with Moses and work out a truce or work out a compromise. But to understand the methods of Satan tonight is to arm yourself against his devices. I want to tell you what those four compromises were that Pharaoh tried to make with Moses and ultimately the people of God. 
In Exodus chapter 8 and verse number 25, Pharaoh said, Go ye, sacrifice to your God in the land. Sacrifice to God in the land. In Egypt. Pharaoh told Moses, you can worship God right here in Egypt. You can stay right here and worship. And some people think, well, what's the significance of where I worship? I can worship God all day long in my home. And while it may have been temporary, it's not meant to be permanent. Because it's still the word of God. That says, my house shall be full. Forsake not the assembly of yourselves together as the manner of some is. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. There is, uh, there is significance to where you worship. My house shall be called the house of prayer. And Pharaoh was willing in Exodus 8 and 25. Pharaoh was willing for them to worship their God. If they would only remain in Egypt. You can worship God. Just don't leave the world. You can, you, can, you can go to church on Sundays, Sister Didi, but don't change your lifestyle. Right. You, can, you can go ahead and talk in tongues on, in that, that, uh, that church on 7th Street. You can wear your skirts to church on, on Sundays and on Wednesdays. You can get yourself all buttoned up and shaved up and neck tied up as a man for, for church on Sunday. But if you'll just keep living in the world the rest of the week, the, the devil's got no problem with that tonight. The enemy will try to compromise with you. He'll try to bargain with you. And Satan would have you believe that you can quote unquote turn over a new leaf. And that God will accept your worship. Even if you still remain partaker of the things of the world. It's it's as old as sin as someone said. The tactics of the devil are as old as sin. Go ahead and worship. Go to your church on Sunday. Go to your church on Wednesday. Get there early. But honey, when church is over, you come on back to my house. And let's live it up some more. Go ahead and make sure that you're looking just right for church on Wednesday and on Sunday. But when you leave, don't post it. Don't tell a pastor. Just go and live how you want to live, sweetheart. And that is a tactic of hell. Pharaoh is compromising. You are compromising with Pharaoh. I'm preaching tonight compromising with Pharaoh. The enemy of our soul hates. You say, you know what? Hold on a second. What's the big deal? Why was Pharaoh so big about you can worship God in the land? Because Pharaoh hates separation from the world. We get behind this pulpit. We preach, come out from among them and be holy. Dress holy. Amen. If you're a lady, uh, the Bible says you are to wear that which pertains to a woman. And a man that was pertains to a man. Uh, in other words, the men are wearing the pants uh, and they're wearing modest clothing. And the, and the ladies are wearing uh, covered uh, tops and, and they're wearing skirts and they're wearing that which is a lady. You say, well, that's just uh, that's just uh, something. You know, we're, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, you think that this comes from me. You go ahead and go to your nearest lady's restroom. And it identifies the lady. This is as old as time. The, the lady's wearing that long skirt. This is not me. This is every, uh, every manufacturer that makes restroom uh, paraphernalia, if you will. Go ahead and go to church. But don't leave the world. 
Stay in your lifestyle. And that is something that the enemy is still doing today. Go to church. Go to church, handsome dude. But when you get out, come on. Come on. Repent on Sunday. Israel's separation from Egypt. Listen to me now. Israel's separation from Egypt and their redemption was synonymous. Their separation from Egypt or a type of the world and their redemption went hand in hand as they were separated from the world and they were delivered from that lifestyle and from that place that they used to live and the things that they used to do. And they were experiencing redemption and salvation and deliverance. They were experiencing deliverance. God could not redeem them from the power of Pharaoh. Without taking them completely out and away from that country. He said, well, this is, preacher, you're radical. I ain't cool with that. I don't agree with that. It's in this Bible. Pharaoh. God could not redeem his people from the power of Pharaoh without taking them completely out and away from that country. The only way you get delivered from that lifestyle is you leave it all together. You burn the proverbial bridges. You delete the contacts in the phone. You throw away and you, you unsubscribe to uh, emails and, and, and magazines and, and you, 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 you go down a different aisle in the store. If it was alcohol that tripped you up, you say, I'm not even going to go down the alcohol aisle. Uh, if it was uh, pornography that tripped you up, uh, amen, I'm going to have an accountability partner. I'm not even going to go down the aisle. Uh, whatever it is, uh, if it, whatever the sin is, I'm not going near it. I'm staying as far away from the world as I can. Amen. If the the Hebrews, they would not dare get near Egypt because they would worry that Egypt would try to grab them back and take them captive again. Let me move on for the sake of time. Exodus chapter 8 and verse 28. Pharaoh, another bargaining chip that he used with Moses. He said, I will let you go. Okay. What a nice guy. What a nice guy. He's making compromises. I'll let you go. Okay, okay, okay. All right, now we're getting somewhere with Pharaoh. No, you're not getting anywhere with him. Okay, I'll let you go. That you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only ye shall not go very far away. Just keep some connections with me, will you? Just stay close to me. If they insisted on leaving Egypt... Pharaoh would have them stay so close to the borderline that he would be able to easily conquer them again after their religious fervor had cooled. And if you and I insist on taking a stand for God, Satan would have you live and act and talk so much like the people of the world that your life would be concealed. The only place, amen, the only safe place for the child of God to live is far away from Egypt. Get as far away from the world as you can tonight. It is still the business of hell to say, well, you know what? The preacher didn't say you can't do that. But honey, how close to the world do you want to live? 
Amen. When God delivers you from Egypt, are you content to stay on the borderline of Egypt and say, as long as I can from now and then look into Egypt and remember the good times, remember the bondage. But God said, get away from Egypt. Pharaoh says, stay close. Walk that line. Stay on the fence. Get as close to the border as you can. And we said before, some people say, well, is this a sin? Well, pastor, if I do this, is this a sin? Pastor, well, what, what if I do this? If I go here, is that okay? What about this? Is it Okay, well, what about, and, and they're looking, how close to Egypt can I get and still be okay, pastor? Instead of, and you know what? It's understanding that Satan is whispering those thoughts into your mind. Saying, you can get a little closer. Come on. Come on. Get up on the borderline. Just, just, we're, let's still be friends. Let's stay in contact. Let's stay in touch. The only safe place for the Christian is far away from the world. Acting in such stark or direct contrast to the world that people see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. The person who drives his car as close to the edge of the road as possible. If I was in a car with Sister Beattie and she was behind the wheel and she was trying to uh, ride Braille, you ever heard that term, ride Braille? With all the bumps in the middle of the road, just riding Braille the whole way? Like, can we please ride in the middle? There's an oncoming diesel coming this way. Or on the opposite side, you're riding Braille on the, on, now they have it, all those indentations on the side of the road uh, where you go off the shoulder and you start riding Braille some more. Who, who drives like that? Who drives Braille? Who, who rides on the edge of the road? Say, well, how close can I get? I'm seeing dust. It's kind of cool. I'm seeing, I'm seeing dust come up. I got really close. We're okay, though. What are you trying to accomplish? Drive. Live your life the way that God has said to live. Stop trying to say, well, is this okay? Is, is this okay? How about that? Instead say, God, how close to you can I get? What is the way you designed me to live my life? I want to live that type of life. Let me move on. In Exodus chapter 10 and verse 8 through 11. Uh, we find Pharaoh talking again to Moses and to Aaron and saying, the men can go. Okay, Pharaoh. Okay, Moses. Okay. All right. You got me. Moses, you're good. You know, we've been, yeah, I've known you since you was a boy. We grew up together, Moses. Chalk it up, man. That's good negotiating skills. But Moses, just the men go. And Moses says, no, we're all going to go. And the thing that I see from this bargaining tactic of hell against the people of God is that Satan will whisper to young people that the worship of God is not for you. He'll tell every one of these young people here and those that are not here, this is for 
the older folks. This is for the over the hill guys. This is for the old, old guys. Man, you got a life to live. You got the good looks, you got the charisma, you got the money, you got this, the talent. You're going to go places. When you get older, when you get older, you give your heart to God. Don't worry right now. You're going to go to college. You're going to, you're going to get a good job. You're going to have all these nice things. You're going to want to go to the parties. You're going to want to go to the prom, the club. You're going to want to go to all of these things. You've got a whole life to live. Mom and dad lived that way. He said, well, Pharaoh said, just the men go. Keep the kids. Just the men. If he can get the young people to spend the best part of their lives in Egypt or in sin, if he can keep the young people, that generation that's on the cusp of greatness, if he can get the young people to live the best years of their life in sin, they are actually much less likely to be saved when they're old. You say, well, I'll come to God. I'll give God my best when I'm about 55 and I'm getting ready for retirement and I've had my fun. And God's saying, if you live that long without my hand of protection upon you, if you ever want to come back, if you can ever get past all the, all the bad memories and the hurts and the pains and the, the betrayals and all the things that have clouded your life. Many young people plan to get saved someday after they're too old to enjoy the pleasures of the world. And let me say it like this to the parents tonight. Don't neglect the spiritual welfare of your children. Don't neglect the spiritual welfare of your children. Don't neglect their spiritual welfare. Don't say, well, I'll go to church, and honey, if you don't want to go... That's okay. The old song, the old scripture says, as for me and my house, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Satan will try to bargain with you and say, well, worship here in Egypt. Okay, don't go too far. Okay, just the men go. Keep the young people. And then the final thing that he, he said in Exodus chapter 10 and 24, he says, go ye. Here we go. Serve the Lord. Sounds good. Only, here's that caveat, little asterisk. Only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. Only let, don't worship God with all your substance. Okay, go to church. Live for God. Keep your finances or I can have my hand in there and them. Satan would have you believe you can worship God with your heart and not with your substance. Read finances. He'll have you believe, you know, you can go to church. You can be raised in church. You can, you can live holy and separate. But just hold back on your finances. Because in doing so, you are breaking the laws of God. That says, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Some have tried to stay saved and leave God out of their business matters. They say, well, I'm doing everything I, I'm doing everything right. But if you get down and look at their finances, you see, something's not quite right. It's a struggle for you to pay your tithe. 
Moses said, no, the flocks and the herds must go. Everything must go. As God calls me to live for him, I've got to make up in my mind, I'm going to live for him with all that I have. It's all going to be for the Lord. It's going to be as far away from Egypt as possible. Because Satan does not want us to put our treasure into the gospel work. For he knows full well that old scripture that says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If he can keep his hand on your finances, he's got your heart. You did everything else right. Hear me tonight. I'm trying to help somebody. There's a scripture as we stand to our feet. And the music begins to play softly. There's a scripture that says, The prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. The prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. In other words, he's got no claim to my life. He can't say, he can't walk into, it'd be the equivalent of me walking into, let's say, the raise's house and say, that couch is mine. That's my couch. I, I put that couch. I bought that. I, I gave it to you. Or walking into uh, the Haw family home and say, well, that, that bitch there on the front porch, that's mine. I just lent it to you. But on the contrary, the enemy can search out our lives and say, everything in their life is the Lord's. I got no claim to this person. They've surrendered their all to God. They've surrendered everything to him. God is their God. Don't compromise with Pharaoh tonight. That's the word that I have for you tonight. Don't compromise with Pharaoh. Don't make compromises with the devil. The devil will speak in a flurry of voices. Many different ways. You say, really? Yeah, the devil used the apostle Peter to speak against Jesus. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Well, Peter is a gospel preacher. Yeah, but he would let God use, he let the devil use him in a moment. You say, well, my, my parents and my, my, my grandparents, my uncle, they, they live for God. They told me I don't have to do all this. You need to understand. Does that line up with the word of God and the authority of God in your life? Does it line up with the authority of the word of God in your life? God has appointed the fivefold ministry. And I'm feeling to tell you tonight, don't compromise with Pharaoh. Don't compromise with him. Don't, the worst thing that, the worst mistake Eve ever made was listening to the serpent. What's that? Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, wow. Well, I didn't, I, no one told me that. I, I didn't, well, I didn't see it that way. Eve began to listen to the voice of the serpent. You've got to say, God, I'm only going to hear and follow the voice of you from this written word and from the spoken word of my preacher, my pastor. If any other voice in my life contradicts what my pastor says and my pastor's based in the word of God, 
Let him be a curse. Let him be a liar. You, you say, that's harsh. No, the Bible says, let every man be a liar. Let God be true. If I ever, ever any time say, well, I got a revelation, and that revelation goes against this word, I want you to walk out of this church and never come back. But if I'm preaching from the word of the Lord, I want you to receive it. Say, God, mm, that, uh, not everything feels good, God, but it's going to help me tonight. Would you lift up your hands as we close tonight? Would you close your eyes and talk to the Lord right now? God, we love you tonight. Come on, church. Would you lift your voice? At home, would you lift your voice? Would you just say, God, I receive this word into my life. God, I receive this word into my life, God. I will not compromise with Pharaoh. I will not compromise with the world. God, I still believe in separation from the world. And that separation is synonymous with my deliverance. I still believe that God wants all of me. God wants to take me out from this world and live for Him in a place of righteousness, in a place of holiness. Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Don't ride the fence. Don't live on the borderline. Get away. Get away from the world. I don't want to look like the world. I don't want to blend in with the world. I want to live a life that is stark contrast to the world around me. I want my children. I want my grandchildren. I want my babies to come with me to the house of God. I don't want to neglect the welfare of my children. My babies are coming with me. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. The herds and the flocks, they'll go with me. We're all going to serve the Lord. Nothing stays behind. Everything must go. Everything must go. Everything must go. Hallelujah. I'm not going to keep a television in my home where the world stays inside of my home. The world's got to go. Amen. The television's got to go. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. God, I've taken a stand tonight upon the declared word of truth tonight. God, I've, I've been under many services. God, I've heard many preachings to Lord, and throughout the years of my life, and not all of them have I liked, but they have all helped me. God, I pray tonight, Lord, that this word from the Lord would help somebody. God, it may not make us all feel really good and tickle our ears, but it's what we need. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
let me say tonight, the church is fixing to get out of here. The church is fixing to be raptured. And just like the Hebrews are fixing to be delivered from Egypt, Pharaoh realizes time is short. Let me compromise with them. Let me see if I can get them to compromise. And as the rapture looms ever in front of us, the enemy's looking. Can I get them to compromise on something, anything? He won't stop. Four times he came back in Moses and Aaron and said, what about like this? What about like that? Honey, amen. Stop listening to the enemy and just follow the man of God. Follow and thus saith the word of the Lord. And God will deliver you. And God will bring you into promise hear the word of the Lord tonight in the name of Jesus you say it's hard it's hard it's hard when my mother when my mother first came to God, her family disowned her. Mom and grandma and grandpa put a restraining order against her. Don't come around our house. You keep your family away from us. We don't want your kind around here. It takes radical sacrifice and commitment to live for God. Amen. You've got to reach your point in your life when you say, Honey, I'm walking out of bondage with or without you. I'm never looking back. I'm never going back. I'm going forward in God. God will make a way for me if I live a holy life. Shun the wrong and do the right. I know the Lord will make a way for me. It's time. It's time for you to walk in faith and obedience to God. Hallelujah. Let's worship Him here tonight. Let's worship the Lord.